this podcast from Jubilee Church Derby, a church family looking to make a difference across the city of Derby and beyond. This is a message from one of our Sunday celebrations, and you can find out more about Jubilee by visiting our website at www.jubilee.org.uk. So good to hear so many stories from last weekend and what God was doing. I've been getting all sorts of messages and emails this week from people uh, thanking us and making comments on um, the weekend and what they appreciated and how God spoke to them. Uh, it's just great to, uh, great to hear. And uh, certainly the team from uh, Horsham who are with us for the weekend uh, really enjoyed being here and uh, were very appreciative uh, of us over the weekend. I had an email this week from Joe McCulloch who leads the Prophetic Academy in Horsham and she said this uh, amongst other things uh, to Sarah and I. She said, I particularly wanted to say thank you for creating such a safe place for us to step out and for the trust you display in us. We grow so much when we're with you because we feel at home and feel free to step out and take risks prophetically. We're so excited about what is God is what about oh, sorry, we're so excited about what God is doing with you and the growth and acceleration that is taking place and happening for you in Jubilee. It's such a privilege to have this special connection with you all. It's great, isn't it? And they feel so at home amongst us. So I want to say thank you to you for making them feel at home and uh, for welcoming them so well. And also thank you for welcoming our guests who came from all over the country uh, to be here and, uh, and be part of it. We were already thinking about what do we do next year and what does that look like and started some conversations about that. Uh, Andy has been um, quite provocative about that and also encouraging us to step out and thinking about what we might do next year. So we'll let you know uh, as, we, uh, as we discuss those things. So Andy on Sunday um, spoke very powerfully about a culture of honour where we intentionally encourage and honour one another. And uh, interestingly, it's something that we've been looking at as a leadership team. It's something we've been discussing together. And uh, I was due to preach into it shortly, but I have been beaten to it. (laughs) Actually, initially he intended to do that message on the Saturday and then... um, then something else on the Sunday, but he swapped it around. And I think, I'm, I'm pleased he swapped it around. I think it was very timely. I think it was very helpful for us. And um, I want to encourage us and uh, say, wouldn't it be a great if it's a message we really took to heart and intentionally build that sort of culture around Jubilee, where we're actively encouraging one another, actively honouring one another, and uh, I know it's something we'll come back to over the next few months. We, we'll probably look at it again. And, uh, but I just want to encourage you, maybe if you missed any of the sessions last weekend or weren't here on the Sunday, uh, then all those recordings are online. You can uh, listen to them now. So I'd encourage you to do that if you are uh, able to. I'm sure it would, uh, they will bless you and they'll be very helpful to you. So we come to this morning. And uh, I'm going to preach on a passage this morning that I'm not sure I've ever preached on before. And I guess that it's a passage that many of us would be familiar with. 
Now, I wasn't initially intending to look at this today. We're working our way through uh, a series in the book of Colossians. Uh, But I felt a nudge from the Holy Spirit at the beginning of the week um, that I should speak on this particular passage. And so that's what I'm going to do in a moment. Now, I'm trying to learn to obey nudges from the Holy Spirit, as I imagine you are as well. And uh, some of you would have been around last Saturday, as I, uh, as I think Ray referred to it. Uh, I stepped out at the end of our day together and brought a prophetic word uh, for somebody who had a lost shoe. And to be honest, I, I, I felt this from the Holy Spirit. I brought it, and I, as I was bringing it, I was thinking, this is absolutely crazy. Now, who in their right mind would stand up and bring a prophetic word for somebody with a lost shoe? And it, it just sounded ridiculous. And uh, when someone responded and said, that's, that's me, I'm not sure who is more surprised, they or me. I think we were both quite surprised uh, with that. But uh, it, was, it was fascinating. And um, as far as the woman with the lost shoe goes, there's a whole story around it. And uh, she had been nicknamed Cinderella by her work colleagues because of how she lost this shoe and what happened around it. And uh, Sarah and I were able to pray with her and uh, encourage her in God. And then then after that, somebody else brought a word to her um, that spoke directly into into her situation for her and her husband, things that they're uh, looking at at the moment. And uh, they emailed me this week to tell me of this story and how somebody came to them and said, I've got a word for the shoe lady, as, uh, as he put it. But it, it, all it took uh, was a nudge from the Holy Spirit. And a whole load of things happened as a consequence of that um, because I heard a nudge and thought, that just sounds, to use a theological phrase, bonkers. But God seemed to be in it. And uh, certainly was in it and, and spoke to this couple. So I want to encourage you to listen for nudges of the Holy Spirit. And it may come as you're around work or home this week or hanging out with friends. And uh, I just want to encourage you, listen to those nudges of the Holy Spirit. And for me, the way it happens for me, it might be different for you. But for me, it's not a loud thing. And it's quite a quick thing. And if I'm not paying attention, I can miss it. It's it's quiet and it's quick. And so if I'm not listening, if I'm not asking God to speak, very often I can miss it. And I know whilst I've just shared an occasion when I heard and obeyed a nudge, I could share countless occasions where I haven't heard or I have heard and I haven't obeyed. (laughs) So I want to encourage all of us together to be listening for nudges of the Spirit and responding accordingly. And who knows what God will do? And um, we heard the story of um, this morning that Amanda shared about getting this picture under her chair at the conference last weekend. And that that came out of a nudge of the Holy Spirit. Said to John of how about putting some pictures under the chairs randomly? Wouldn't that be fun? I said to him, what do you think? I said, hey, that'd be fun, wouldn't it? Let's see what God will do. And God's been able to encourage people. So I want to encourage you this week. Listen out for nudges of the Spirit. But that was a long introduction to say this is a response to a nudge from the Holy Spirit. So if you have a Bible with you, please will you turn to Mark chapter 11. 
Mark chapter 11, and we'll read the first 11 verses together. Mark 11, 1 to, 1 to 10 probably actually. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethpage and Bethany at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two of his disciples saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and just as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you doing this? Tell him the Lord needs it. And we'll send it back here shortly. They went and found a colt outside in the street, tied in the doorway. As they untied it, some people standing there asked, what are you doing untying that colt? And they answered as Jesus had told them to, and the people let them go. When they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their cloaks over it, he sat on it. Many people spread their cloaks on the road, and while others spread branches they had cut in the fields, those who went ahead and those who followed shouted, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord! Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David! Hosanna in the highest! Jesus then entered Jerusalem and went to the temple. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your presence. We thank you for your goodness. And we thank you for your word. And we pray now that you might speak to us in these moments. That Holy Spirit, you might illuminate that which we have read and apply the truth of it to our hearts. Speak to us, Lord, from your word and do us good. Challenge and encourage us, we ask. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So the question that I felt the Holy Spirit asked me this week, and as I pondered an answer, felt that it was for us to look at this morning, is this. What is it that you are looking forward to? What are you looking forward to? What are you looking forward to? Now, I would hope that all of us have things to look forward to. I hope that will be true of our lives. Now, I discovered after some years of married life that looking forward to things was a big deal for Sarah. Now, I, I assumed, it's a fatal word there. Those of you who are married, that is a fatal word. I assumed, wrongly, that, for example... Planning a night away on our own without kids as a surprise would be what she wants. Now, to be fair, she does indeed love that. And we've done that and she's really enjoyed it. But actually, I discovered by communicating with her, that's another good word if you're, if you're married, what she really wants is to know that something is happening and to look forward to it. To know that she can look forward to that which is ahead and think, ah, we've got a busy few weeks or busy few months, but that's coming. I can look forward to that. And she likes to look forward to things. So I wonder, what are you looking forward to? 
for the crowd in the passage that we read, as they were welcoming Jesus, it was clear that they were looking forward to something. They really were. Have a look at it. If you've got your Bibles open, just keep them open in front of you there. Have a look. They shout and uh, they rejoice as Jesus enters Jerusalem. What is it they're looking forward to? Well, we're told here in the passage, Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father, David. They were looking forward to the coming kingdom. That's what they were hoping for. That's what they were looking forward to. Now see, they were expecting Jesus to overthrow the Romans. They were looking forward to seeing them beaten and the nation of Israel restored to its independent state. Blessed is the king that comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. The Gospel writers record this and put in slightly different words each time, but it's the same thing that they're saying. Blessed is the king that comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom, as we have it here in Mark chapter 11. You see, they were looking forward to a king. That's what they wanted. Someone who would overturn the Roman rule. Someone who would restore to them again the dignity that they had lost. Someone who would make Israel great again. Just like David had done. That's why they referred back to David. You know, the, the pinnacle of the Israelite kingdom was King David. They, they wanted to see that again. And yes, they were looking forward to a Messiah, as they would put it. But not the sort of Messiah that Jesus was going to be. They were looking forward to a political Messiah, one to save them from the occupying force. Jesus had come to be the Messiah. One who would restore not the greatness of Israel, but rather restore relationship with the Father. And in this moment of celebration, the crowd don't see all this. They don't understand all of this. They just see Jesus as one who is going to change the political landscape and restore to them how things used to be. Like when David was king. Wasn't it great then when David was king is the summary of what they were saying. But Jesus knows that that's not what he has come to do. See, they're looking forward to a different day. And even though their understanding was wrong, even though they didn't quite get what Jesus was doing, what they were looking forward to was the coming of the kingdom of God. Now, they didn't understand what that meant. In many cases, they got it completely wrong. But they were still looking forward to it. They were looking forward to the coming of the kingdom of God. We'll come back to that phrase in in a few moments. What they were also doing was welcoming the presence of Jesus. I was talking to Tim this week about this message and he said, yeah, welcoming the presence of the Lord. And they were. 
Have you thought about that? Isn't it interesting? As we worship, we worship and honour him and we welcome his presence. What were they doing? They were welcoming the presence of Jesus. It's not so different now, is it? It's just that now Jesus comes to us by his spirit. Then he was on the back of a donkey. They welcomed Jesus on a donkey. We welcome the presence of the Lord in the person of the Holy Spirit. So let me ask you a question. Think about this for a moment. You see, they were intentionally welcoming Jesus. They were enthusiastic. They'd done something about it. They'd laid uh, coats on the ground. They'd cut palm branches. They were rejoicing. They were celebrating. I wonder for us, friends, do we have the same intentionality? Do we have the same sense of occasion and rejoicing? Or we got rather blasé about it? You see, I think for us, the danger is, and I think it's a danger in the West. I don't think it's a danger exclusively to us. But I do think this is a danger to the church, particularly in the West. And it's this. We can get so familiar We can get so familiar with perhaps even gathering together as we are this morning. We've got a rough idea of what is going to happen and what what may take place. We can lose our sense of anticipation and excitement. And the reason that I think it's such a danger for the church in the West is that for many believers who are in other nations where it is particularly dangerous for them to gather, They know they're taking risks. Even turning up in someone's house with a few other believers, a handful of believers, to study God's word together, for many people in the world today is a massive risk. They're placing their life in danger by even gathering with other believers. Many of you know that I've been travelling recently in the Far East and... um, Whilst at the moment, at least, Cambodia is a relatively safe country, there are other countries in that geographic part of the world where it's not so safe to say that you're a Christian. And even to gather with other believers is is a massive risk. And I think if that's the sort of risk that you're taking when you gather with other believers, (laughs) you know, there's more intentionality, isn't there? You think, I I know I'm taking a risk here. You're not blasé about it because the moment you walk through the door, you're thinking, who are those other people here? Are they my brothers and sisters in Christ? Or are they the secret police? Because there's a risk. And so so I think the danger for us when it's really quite safe for us to gather, I can't imagine anybody stopped you on the way in and asked you where you were going and what you thought you were doing or whether that was really a good idea. We can just take that freedom for granted. And I guess if we're not careful, we can take even gathering for granted. But friends, it's a great privilege. It is a great privilege. And the crowd here were looking forward and excited about the sense of the coming kingdom of God. What Jesus was going to do. I wonder, but we've got that same excitement and anticipation about what will Jesus do today? What will he do today? What will he say? How will he impact your life? 
What truth and revelation from Scripture will the Holy Spirit open up to you? And you'll go home thinking, I didn't see that before. What truth will God speak into your heart? What nudge of the Holy Spirit will come to you even in these moments? Even as we look at this passage together. And it's great to see the, the rejoicing and the enthusiasm of the crowd. and They've cut down palm branches and they're shouting. They're welcoming Jesus. They're talking about the coming of God's kingdom. They're looking forward to it. I wonder, are we looking forward to the coming of God's kingdom? We'll look at the kingdom of God again in, in, in a moment and explain what that means. And what actually it, it has already come. But we're looking forward to receiving more and more of it. You see, for us, we're really privileged. We look back on that day that is recorded for us in the Gospels and we know what's going to happen. We're looking back at it as an event in history. It really happens and it's recorded for us. We can look back on it and go, well, we, we, we know how it, how it transpired, how it, how it works out. And so we can look back and go, oh, the crowd didn't quite understand it. They were in the moment. They didn't know how it was going to work out in the subsequent weeks. See, we can look back to it and understand it. It's a wonderful privilege we have, isn't it, to do that. We can look back and go, oh, I can see what Jesus was doing there. So they were looking forward to the coming of the kingdom of God. I wonder this morning, friends, what is it that you're looking forward to? What is it that you are looking forward to? Now, you might think I'm looking forward to a holiday, a night out with friends perhaps, but that's not particularly what I'm referring to. Good though that those, those things are. <laughs> what is it that you're looking forward to in God? What is it that God has spoken to you about? What is it that you're living for, looking forward to? What is it that God has spoken into your heart? Over the last few weeks, as Jeremy and Am were with us, and then Andy and the team from Horsham last weekend, a number of you have been prayed for. A number of you have had prophetic words spoken over your lives. And if we went back a little bit further, there'll be other occasions where many of you would say, yeah, God's spoken to me. people have prayed for me and encouraged me and God spoke something into my heart maybe it was in a meeting like this and somebody had a prophetic word for you maybe it was as other friends gathered around you and prayed and God spoke to you what is it that you're looking forward to in God? is it the fulfilment of some of those words? is it maybe the beginning of starting to step into them? For some of you, it might be, well, that's just so far off, I haven't really made any steps into it yet. That's okay. You, know, you might be thinking, well, I'm looking forward to making some steps into what God has spoken. For others of you, you might be looking forward to pressing in more to what God has already said. To seeing perhaps the fulfillment of that which Jesus has spoken about. And what is it that you're looking forward to in God's? I'm just going to wait for a moment. I just sense that even this morning, God wants to speak some fresh promises into people's hearts. 
he wants you to be able to look forward to what he is going to do in you and through you and with you. I think even as we just have a, a just take a moment, I think God's going to speak. I just want to encourage you, friends, just open up your hearts, just ask the Holy Spirit to to speak to you. And I, I believe for some of you this morning, God is going to bring to mind that which He's spoken to you previously. And almost it's like, a, oh yeah, I've forgotten God had said that. This happened to me before. Some things have been prophesied, and it took. It took that to think, oh yeah, God said something like that before. Just in these moments, I feel God is going to speak to some of your hearts and remind you of what he's spoken previously. That maybe you had forgotten, or maybe you thought was too big. I just want to pray, Holy Spirit, would you speak even now? Bring back to mind that which you've spoken of previously. And whisper fresh promises into people's hearts. Thank you, Lord. If you've been with us over these last few weeks, you'll have heard too that God has spoken to us as a church. And there have been some prophetic words that God has spoken over us uh, through Jeremy and Anne and uh, Andy and some of the team, Joe and Juliet and, um, and Nikki uh, from Horsham. And God's been speaking some things over us as a community, as a church together. And he's been underlining some things. He's been enlarging what he said previously. He's been adding to some things. And that's exciting. It's also slightly daunting you're thinking, wow, Lord, all these things that you're saying. And uh, I think sometimes we can feel a bit like Abraham, where God spoke some promises to, and then every time that he speaks again, the promise just gets bigger. And every time Abraham thinks, oh, I'm not sure how this is going to work out, God speaks again and enlarges it yet again. <laughs> every time God speaks, he seems to be adding to it and enlarging it. And, and that's a little bit how we can feel sometimes. Certainly over the things that God spoke to us as a church. Things about serving not just this city that he has called us to and that we love, but as the people here, to be a blessing here and to see the kingdom of God come here, but to be a blessing and encouragement and a resource to many churches, both in this geographic area and the nation and the nations, to be encouraging and serving other leaders in this country and abroad. You're thinking, wow, Lord, how could it be? <laughs> how could it be? And he's spoken of growth, both in spiritual depth and maturity, and numbers, and about significance. And he's spoken about many staying and building something here. He's been speaking about others that are going to go and to different places and be involved in planting churches, maybe in the nations. I mean, who would have thought? Who would have expected God to speak? These are things for us to look forward to, friends. But listen, it's not a passive thing. It's not a thing to sit back and think, wow, that sounds good. I'm just going to sit back and watch God do it all. That's the danger sometimes. We can hear God speak and we can say, yes, Lord, I think you've spoken. And we we can get into passive mode. We can just think, oh, we sit back and go, 
wow, Lord, I'm just going to sit back and watch and enjoy all that you're going to do. Come on then, Lord. (laughs) And we just sort of sit there passively. But that's not what prophetic words are meant to do. We're meant to lean into. We're meant to press into these prophetic words. Not to sit back passively and observe, but to actively pursue. And to ask God and to pray and be seeking Him and saying, Lord, what's my part to play in this? If we say, yeah, God has spoken to us, then the question is, Lord, what's my part to play in this? How do do I add my weight to what you've said? How do I I add my energy to what you've spoken? How do I add what I can bring uh, and what you've put in me to what you've promised? We need to be asking, Lord, what is it that, what's our contribution? That's a good question to ask of the Lord. What's your contribution to what he has spoken of? So it's an active thing, not just a passive observing things. Does that make sense? Is that, is, that, is that okay? So I want to encourage us in this. But as well as looking forward to the fulfillment of what God has spoken to us about uh, as a group, as a family, as a church together, as well as what he's spoken to us about individually, another thing that we have to look forward to, dear friends, is this. It's the coming of the kingdom of God in more of its fullness. And again, this is not a passive thing, but it is an active thing, and we are encouraged to ask him for more. So Jesus sent his disciples out to preach the kingdom of God. And you'll know, if you you know your your Bibles, that that's what Jesus gathered his disciples together, uh, and he speaks to them about what to do when uh, when he sends them out. And he he gathers them, and he, he sends them out, And uh, Luke chapter 9, he calls the twelve together. He gave them power and authority to drive out all demons, to cure diseases, send them out to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. There's that phrase there, to preach the kingdom of God. This was big on Jesus' agenda. And it's what he tells his disciples to speak about, to preach about. And the crowd, as they were welcoming Jesus into Jerusalem, were looking forward to the coming of the kingdom of God. And bear in mind, this was something that they had looked forward to for centuries. That they had longed for, they had hoped for it, they had looked forward to it. But friends, listen. Listen. You and I do not have to look forward to the coming of the kingdom of God. We live in the good of the coming of the kingdom of God. And what we look forward to is it coming in all its fullness. Amen? So they were looking forward to something that hadn't yet happened. For us, we can look back and say, yes, in the life and death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, as we'll talk about it and celebrate it next weekend at Easter, in that, Jesus brings in the kingdom of God. For us, we don't yet see it in all its fullness. But it has come. It has come. For the crowd there, they were looking forward to it. It hadn't come really. Jesus had come and started preaching and, and healing the sick. 
and encouraging and sending his disciples out to do the same and to preach the kingdom of God. As Jesus died and rose again, in that moment the kingdom of God really came. In that moment the kingdom of God came on earth. What we don't see yet is it in all its fullness. It's like we see a part. It's like we see some of it. And for us, we could sit back and go, well, we've seen some of it. That's good. Better than seeing none of it. I'll just take that. That's not what we're encouraged to do. Rather, we're encouraged to press in and to seek God and ask him for more. And it's as, it's, as it were, pull in more of the kingdom of God into the now. We say, yes, it's going to be like this in the future because in the future when the kingdom of God comes in all its fullness, the Bible tells us there'll be no more sickness, no more crying, no more death. It'll be a totally perfect existence. But we don't see that yet. But we can have more of it now. We can pull more of it now in from the future to now. And that is something that's worth looking forward to. Do you not agree? So the crowd, they were looking forward to this. For us, we can look back and go, yes, the kingdom of God has come. But for us, we want to see more and more of it now. So the kingdom of God is where God rules and reigns. It's where he rules and he reigns. It's not like a geographic kingdom, like the United Kingdom. We are still a United Kingdom. (laughs) Uh, it's not like a geographic area like that but rather it's where the rule and reign of God exists and we've seen a glimpse of that we've seen the breaking in of it we've seen the start of it but God wants us to pursue him for more of it sometimes we talk about the now and the not yet of the kingdom of God we see some of it now and some of it not yet That is true, theologically. But I think that sometimes we can use that as an excuse. We can go, it's the now and the not yet of the kingdom. We don't see it all, so we'll just settle for what we've got. Rather, I would suggest that when we say it's the now and the not yet, that should persuade us and encourage us and motivate us to say, But I want to see more of the not yet. I'm not satisfied with the now because I want to see more of what we haven't seen yet. More people healed, more people set free, more people saved and added to God's kingdom around the world. There's a whole load more that we haven't seen yet. We're going to pull in and say, Lord, I want more of it now. Not just in the future. Now, I know that we won't see it all until Jesus comes again. I understand that. The Bible tells us that, it's very clear. However, Jesus also tells us to go out and to heal the sick. Preach the kingdom of God and to to heal the sick. He talks about us doing not just what he did, but even greater things. That's not a future thing, but it's a now thing. Well, are we seeing the, the greater things? I mean, all sorts of people argue about what the greater things are. I, I, for me, I'm not so worried about the greater things because we're not yet seeing what Jesus did. So when we completely see what Jesus did, then we can worry about what the greater things are, I would suggest. 
But if that's what Jesus has said to us, and we're not seeing it yet, that'll be something to look forward to. And go, God, you've said, you've spoken, your word says. And we actively pursue him and ask for more. Not just to sit back and say, ah, we won't see it all until Jesus returns. No, we won't. But listen, I think we can see a whole load more than we're seeing now. And so my question to us as we begin to, to wrap up is this. Do you want to see more than you're seeing now? Do I want to see more than I'm seeing now? Jesus, in Mark chapter 4, tells a parable, a story, to illustrate what the kingdom of God is like. He says it's like a grain of mustard seed, which when sown on the ground, is the smallest of all the seeds on earth. Yet when it's sown, it grows up and becomes the largest of all the garden plants. And puts out large branches so that the birds of air can make nests in its shade. And what Jesus is saying is you can look at a mustard seed and think, how is that going to do anybody any good whatsoever? It's tiny. You think, how could that do anything? And what Jesus says is, when it's sown and grows... It becomes something huge. There is much more than you would realise in the tiny mustard seed. And I want to suggest, dear friends, is that God has put far more inside each of you than you realise. It's like he's placed in your heart a tiny mustard seed. You're thinking, it's just tiny. Is that going to do any good at all? Yet when it grows, it becomes huge. You could miss it completely and not realise the potential. And the same is true for you. You could miss it completely and not realise your potential of what God has put inside you. Because you are a carrier of the kingdom of God. You see, where you go, the kingdom of God comes. As you speak to your friends about Jesus, as you step out and pray for the sick, the kingdom of God comes. Now, if we want to see more of the coming of the kingdom of God, then all of us need to be stepping out and saying, well, I'm going to go. I'm going to bring the kingdom of God into my workplace, to my friends, to my home, to the gym, to where I go and relax, to wherever. Because as you go and as you speak of Jesus, pray for the sick and seek to bring his goodness and his blessing to whatever you're doing and whoever you're with, you bring in the kingdom of God. And so don't think that you only have a mustard seed and it's no good to anybody. But rather, realise the potential of what the Father has put inside you. The crowd were looking forward to this coming kingdom. What we can look forward to is more of God's kingdom now. Yes, when it comes in all its fullness, it's going to be wonderful. But I don't want to wait until then. Because I think God's got more for us right now. And I want to encourage us to look forward to all that he wants to do. Not just then, 
in the future, but now. In you, with you, through you, here in Jubilee, in this city, and in the nations. Amen? Amen. Let's stand and we'll pray as we close together. Come, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father, that we have so much to look forward to in you. Thank you for all that you've done in us and for us, Jesus. All that we're going to celebrate next weekend over Easter, your death and your resurrection, you paying the price on the cross for our sin. Not just that we can be forgiven, wonderful though that is, but that we can be adopted into your family as sons and daughters of God Most High, the King of Kings. And thank you that we can look forward to more of the coming of your kingdom. And I pray that you would put in our hearts, in for each of us, a greater desire to see more of your kingdom coming now. Not just to look forward to it in the future, but to expect more of the breaking out of the kingdom here and now and today. And so, God, I pray for each of us this week that you would put fresh faith in our hearts to expect you to move, to ask you to break in, to trust you to step out. And as we do that, to see your kingdom come. So, Father, be with us this week. Be upon us, around us. Lead us by your Spirit. Would we have ears to hear the nudges of the Spirit, and help us to be obedient to them, that your kingdom might come and you might be glorified in the earth. We ask it in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Thanks for listening to this Jubilee Church podcast. Feel free to check out our website at www.jubilee.org.uk and come along on any Sunday morning. Thank you.